Hello, my loves, and welcome back or welcome to a new episode of Thursday Thyroid Talks. I'm your host, Sarah Loman, and I'm not going to do a really big intro because I did one on the beginning of my Instagram live today when I recorded this fabulous episode. So I actually want to start off and share some information with you about a masterclass that I have going on right now called The Keys to Proper Thyroid Nutrition. This is a fabulous class for anyone that is just totally lost on where to begin to get back your health, especially if you are struggling in the nutrition area of your health. Week one, I dropped actually a couple of days ago on Tuesday, and the group is doing a week-long food and symptom tracking system, but it's not too late to jump in if you guys want to join. I'll go ahead and send you the replay, and you can start tracking your food where you're at now. It's called um, Week One Proper Physical Nutrition, and In this week, we covered uncovering your like unconscious food patterns and what foods are hurting you that you're either ignoring or didn't realize is a problem for you and causing seriously, guys, unnecessary daily symptoms. I can't tell you how many women I talk to that are eating things that are hurting them. And by simply waking up to this fact and then obviously changing it, they start feeling so much better. It's like such an easy thing that a lot of us are unaware of. And this coming Tuesday at 1.11 p.m. Mountain Time on Zoom is week two. So excited. We're going to go over the food and symptom tracking system. We're going to look for the patterns. We're going to look for the areas that are missing or lacking in certain foods and You guys, trust me, this is such a huge eye opener. I love this. This is one of the tools. I literally consider it personally a diagnostic tool. This is one of the things that I did in the beginning of my thyroid journey in order to start recovering my health, which is why I include it all the time when it comes to where should I start? I don't feel good. I have all these problems, but I don't know where to start. Well, my folks, I created an entire masterclass on this exact dilemma because I've been there. (laughs) So next week, we're going to go over the food and tracking system. We're going to go over the difference between eating in tune with your intuition versus being controlled by chemical induced cravings. Yeah, been there too. I used to have to eat a handful of chocolate chips after every single one of my meals. It was like an alien had abducted my body and forced chocolate chips down my throat all the time. And I'm going to go into why this is happening and how it's usually connected to a lot of nutrient deficiencies and tips on how to get these things under control. Plus, um, we're going to go into a little bit about week three, kind of blends all together you guys, it's all one big masterclass. Week three, I'm so stoked on because I've I've never publicly taught on this. I've only taught on this in my one-on-one coaching, but it's all about your spiritual nutrition. And you might be thinking, oh, 
What does that have to do with physical nutrition? A lot, like a lot, a lot. We're going to go into toxic relationships, energy depletions from social media, news outlets, why this is making you sicker, and practices to protect yourself daily, and call back your energy so you can have it for you. Because I mean, who doesn't want more of their own personal energy, right? Week four is also fabulous. Again, I've never offered this publicly, but I want to teach a morning cleanse. I want to teach like a spring cleanse. I imagine this cleanse detox where you guys can integrate this cleanse in your morning. You can do it for a week. You can do it for two weeks. You can do it seasonally, or you can adopt it as a lifestyle. And this jump starts detoxing, which jump starts weight loss. I mean, who doesn't want to lose a couple pounds, especially after the COVID lockdowns? Who put on weight? I know I did. I put on 10 pounds, you guys. So I'm going to be doing the cleanse with you and losing weight. What does that give us ladies? Better self-esteem, right? Decreased symptoms, better self-esteem. So I'm excited to teach this cleanse as well. So if you're interested in joining, you can click on, I will provide the link in the show notes, or if you do follow me on Instagram, you can click on the link in my bio and it's just the tab that's called the proper keys for thyroid nutrition. So you can click on that and join the masterclass and just have access to uh, the live calls and then the replays. Or if you want to upgrade, there's an additional uh, button under that you can click. And for an extra $100, you can add on a 60-minute coaching call, which is a still of a deal because trust me, my coaching calls never cost $100. So I invite you guys to come. It's so fabulous. Now let's dive into today's episode. It is so juicy and delicious. And I loved it. Honestly, I didn't even want to stop talking. I had to like cut it off. So I might have her on for round two. We'll see what you guys think. So don't forget to leave a a review or a comment in the notes, in the, (laughs) in the notes, in the comments. And so you can let us know what you guys thought. All right. Talk to you later. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thursday Thyroid Talks, episode number 23. Yay, so excited to be here. Let's see. Hi, Sony. There you are. Let's give it a second for everyone to get notified. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. So... uh, Welcome, like I said, to episode number 23 of Thursday Thyroid Talks. I'm your host, Sarah Lohman, and I'm so excited to bring on a thyroid warrior today because it's been, it's been, I think, since episode number one, since I shared the background story of why I started this podcast. And since I know I have new subscribers and a lot of new followers to my page, I wanted to just give you a little uh, blip of of what I went through and my inspiration for starting this podcast. So in 2015, I was at the lowest point of my health that I'd ever been at. And things were so bad for me that I was having panic attacks at work every day. 
And between the panic attacks and the fatigue, which the fatigue fed into the panic attacks, I could no longer work anymore. So I ended up going to my primary doctor and begging him to take me out on disability. But he was not convinced that I couldn't work. He just thought I was under stress. So he was like, basically go see a therapist. And I was so bummed because I had such little energy that I couldn't even drive. And I was like, great, no, I have to ask all these people to take me to these appointments and he's gonna put me through all this, these hoops. And I was just, you know, so frustrated. So I did everything he asked. I went and saw this therapist and all these red hoops and, you know, the red ta the tape that I had to go through. And a few weeks later, I end up back in front of him and he's like, okay, I'll take you out on disability. Super relieved. I um, basically went home and just crawled back into bed. But little did I realize that this was like rock bottom for me and I was insanely depressed. I was having anxiety attacks at home by myself and just the the weight of all of the symptoms and everything was so hard on me that I had just, I'd lost hope and I was just really sinking further and further down into a black hole of illness. So fast forward six years later, I'd gone through tons of stuff and I recovered my own health and I've unidentified myself with all of my diagnoses. I was, it was like one normal morning, I was taking the kids to school and I dropped them off and I came back home and I pulled up in my driveway and before I could get out of my truck, I heard the words go through my mind, you need to share their stories. Sharing their stories is going to help them not feel so lonely and it's not, and it's gonna reinstall hope in them. And it was the most beautiful divine message that I, that I've received. I've received a lot, but this one was really special to my heart. And I never knew I was gonna do a podcast. I never, this was not, you know, forecasted in my company or in my future. It was literally a divine message given to me of how I can help and support women of this world. So I started Thursday Thyroid Talks on the basis of exactly what I was told to do, bring thyroid warriors on to share their stories. So other women struggling, just like I was, all I wished for when I was sick was that I had someone to talk to and someone that could understand what I was going through. And I, this is what this podcast is for, is so that we can share our stories so you don't feel alone and so we can revive and restore each other's hope and that this can also lead into your healing as well so today i'm excited to bring on my friend and colleague sony pelty sony is a thyroid warrior herself and she is she's been through you know some hell and back in her life and health and now she's um a love and relationship coach, which I think is so awesome. And I can't wait to bring her on and hear her story, you guys. So Sony, go ahead and send me the invite to join and we'll do this. Takes a few seconds. There you go. 
Awesome. Here she comes. There you are. Hey, Sarah. Hello. 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 You look so beautiful. Oh, thank you. You do too. Thank and you. I'm so excited to be on Thursday Thyroid Talk. So thank you for inviting me. Yes, of course. I'm glad you're here. And I can't wait to hear your journey from the beginning. Absolutely. But first, let me just tell you what an amazing job you're doing in this world, just bringing all these stories and helping women not feel lonely because, you know, there are so many times that we feel that we are the only ones struggling and what's wrong with me and so beautiful, such beautiful work you're doing. So, yay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm glad you're here to be a part of that. So thank you. Yeah. So why don't you start rewind time and start at the beginning of your journey and um, what, what year was it? What, what was your life like when you started having symptoms and started mm -hmm. noticing something was going on? Yeah, yeah. So it was 1998 when I was diagnosed. It was, uh, so I had my son, my firstborn, uh, in October of 1997. And I think it was around March or April um, when I started feeling off. Um, I started putting on some weight. So weight gain was there. And I would feel very cold. But what was what was very different was that when I would feed my son, I would literally fall asleep on him, like literally drop. My head would just literally drop. I'm feeding him and I would just drop. And it was March, April, and in Houston, it's hot. And I would wear like sweaters to bed because I was cold and my skin was drying. So all these symptoms. And so actually I had to go to my primary care physician and tell her, could you please do a run the TSH tests on me? Can you do a thyroid test for me and see what's going on? She's like, no, she did like a physical exam. She's like, doesn't look like you have thyroid. I said, yeah, I'm just feeling very off. So she went ahead and did it. And when my results came back, she's like, I don't know how you didn't pass out because zero thyroxine. Wow. So my body wasn't producing any thyroxine. So you said you went to your doctor and requested yeah, the test. Had you researched online like what symptoms were and familiarized yourself? So my mom has hypothyroidism. And uh, when I was, so after my son was born, I went to visit her. She lives in Dubai. So I went to visit her and my aunt, who is a doctor, she looked at my throat and she said, I think you may want to get checked. I think you may have thyroid. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. So I really didn't look up. I just went with my gut just because mm -hmm. my mom has it. Um, and my aunt suggested that I go get a thyroid test. So that's when I went to my physician and I told her, can you please run these tests for me? Mm. Okay. Well, that was nice that you had an aunt. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And um, so when she came back and she told me that I'm shocked that you didn't pass out, I'm like, oh my God, everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the weight gain, why I'm feeling so cold, why I have no energy in me. Like I wasn't able to wake up in the middle of the night to even feed him. Wow, because you were so fatigued. So fatigued. Wow. Like, zero energy. 
And so, so in the beginning, I was put on like a really high dose, like twice a day. And um, to just bring the levels back to normal. And then slowly and gradually, when the thyroxine levels kind of balanced out, then um, she was, I was able to bring my dose back down. But every visit, <clears throat> like every six months, right? After a while, after it balanced out and reached the normal level, every six months, they would have to increase my dose. And um, it kept going up. And I was like, I'm not sure like what's going on, but now when I look back at it, it just makes so much sense mm. because I was just living such a stressful life. Um, it was a stressful life. It was um, a toxic relationship. Um, my, my ex and I never really ever had a great relationship. And um, just to give you a little bit of a cultural background too. So the first 10 years of our marriage, we were living with his parents. So it's very traditional in the Indian culture, the joint family system. Okay. So I basically lived a life of limitation, restrictions, um, like a very constricted life. And um, I was only a month from 20 to 20 when I got married. So I was still a teenager when I got married. So there was a lot of fear in me. Mm. Uh, I was always trying to please everybody at home, everybody in my life, not just at home, um, my friends, everybody. So there was this constant fear. Did I upset anybody? Did I um, say something wrong? If I would see a little frown on someone's face, I'll be like all in this fear energy is that is people pleasing is because i'm not familiar with um the culture too much is that more of like a thing that women are taught to do very much like pleasing and you're there to like care about everyone else or was that like is that more you and your personality well i think it's some of it is culture but i think it's overall as women we're taught to put everybody else before us, right? Well, yeah. so it's yeah. not as much a cultural thing. <laughs> it's yeah. just as women, we are overgiving. We are always trying to make everybody else comfortable, put everybody else first. Like, I do not matter. My needs don't matter. You know? Yes. My I desires mean. don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Thank you for rephrasing that. I guess I was just meaning, like, is it more so? Or um, Well, yes. It, it has to do with the culture. Uh, but I think mine was more like, I guess it's just um, the conditioning. Mm. Okay. Right? And um, I feel like the way we live our lives, our emotions, our thoughts, our environment, all creates disease. And uh, first I thought, like, obviously, I looking back at my life now, I know what caused it. But um, when I was diagnosed, I was like, oh, it was just meant to be because my mom has it. It's hereditary, right? Um, and so many of us 
think that, oh, we have uh, genetic markers, we have blood markers for the disease, and that's why we have it. But honestly, once we really change our emotions, our beliefs, our thoughts, and our environment, things start changing for us. Amen. And like, we can go on a soapbox on that, and yes. we will. <laughs> but to keep it about your story, tell me more about your marriage. So you got married at 20. Yes. Um, how old were you when you had your son? I was 25 when I had my son. Okay, so you're living with your husband and his parents. It was just the four of you? Uh, yes. Okay, so what was the dynamic of your life like living in like yeah. a double it, marriage almost? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So it was, like I said, it was very restrictive. Like, asked permission for everything. And I felt like they thought I was a kid, so they could enforce the rules on me and they could tell me what to do, what not to do, when to call your parents, when to go visit your parents, what, uh, why are you home at so late? Um, where are you going? Um, why have you invited this person? Like just a gazillion things. Like um, I hadn't completed my undergrad when I got married. And so it was an arranged marriage, just to kind of back up a little bit. Wow. And okay. um, so they they knew my ex-husband and his parents, everybody knew that I was going to go to school. But there was, his dad wasn't happy that I am going to school. So it was like just asking permission for everything, a lot of restrictions, a lot of limitations, um, not being able to speak my truth or live my fully expressed life, right? Wow. Um, so That's no wonder stressful sounding. Yeah. So yeah. now when I think of it and I look back at it, I'm like, no wonder I developed hypothyroidism because again, like the more I study about the energy centers and the chakras, like the, the throat chakra is connected to our thyroid. Right. <clears throat> so because I'm not able to speak my truth and live my life and just be all the time in fear, um, no wonder. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you say that because in my studies of what the thyroid does for us, well, as well, it, it does so many things. So I love that you touched on the throat chakra. I just did a reel on that last week. It's so yes. beautiful how, how the endocrine system lines up with the, mm -hmm. the chakras. Yes. So it's our voice, which a lot of us in bad relationships get stifled. And mm -hmm. so those emotions get suppressed because we're yes. not speaking our truth. Like you said, we can't be free. But I also learned that when our thyroid will slow down or shut down, mm -hmm. it's also a mechanism of protection. Yeah, you're right. It's trying to protect us. Yes. It slows us down on purpose. Think about it. So like for me, you know, like my ex-husband was an alcoholic and he always wanted me to go into the garage and hang out. And he hated that I didn't drink with him. Yeah. So when I was sick, I was too sick and I would be in bed. I was away from him. I was protected from him. Yes. I totally get you on that. So um, my um, ex, and I found out like probably within the first month of our marriage that he was a porn addict, a narcissist. So again, what you talk about protection, yeah, it is so true. Wow, yeah, right. It's just what you experienced, you know, 
with alcoholism it's the same thing with pornography it's just yeah. different different kind of abuse yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so i totally agree with you when you talk about protection mhm oh i got so many chills on that yeah woo okay wow that's so it's just I mean, our body that yeah. doesn't slow us down like you said mhm yeah i mean Now that I'm seeing your big picture, I'm like it totally makes sense to me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you so you were under all the stress and it was like your body was already shutting down and by the time you had your son, it was almost like it was probably just it was a lot of everything, but it was probably almost just like your body had to give its all because when we're when we're birthing a child, we um 90% of our immune system and all of our adrenal strength goes Post. to that child. Right. And a lot of women get depleted um in the childbirth process and then come out sick, which yes. is very common. And then you add all of that on top of it too. You know, and it's like there's just it's yeah. just a sick show. He was born in uh, October of 1997 and March 1998 is when I started noticing symptoms. Mhm. So it was like fairly quick and the mm -hmm. birthing process has its own stress and um it takes a lot from us right but when you couple that with um the drama that goes on in the family and uh not being taken care of and trying to navigate the family um crisis that just adds its own level of um stress yep Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, you know, I was still we were still living with his parents. My mom came down to help me. So, it was in-laws, my mom. So, you can understand the dynamics of the whole uh situation. <laughs> and you just wanted to go run and hide and put the blankets over yes. your head. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so your mom and your aunt guided you and you go to the doctors and your meds can't get regulated because your emotions and your life is so unregulated as well yes, yes. Mm -hmm. so it took a couple of years and then for the longest time i was on a stable dose but again it's just those hormones those uh, synthetic stabilizers the pills that are kind of not good for you anyway right i'm sure mm -hmm. you can tell me more about that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know the more i started um working on myself started my healing journey uh doing deep inner work um i noticed that my health started to improve um i know we're just talking about thyroid today but i had developed other health conditions too which um i'm happy to say that through emotions through doing the healing work through opening my heart more um i was able to heal those without medical intervention right mm -hmm. um so um so in the last year or so i should would say every 6 months when i go to visit my doctor for my thyroid checkup my levels have been going down and she's been looking at me with this curiosity she's like what are you doing like what's going on so consistently every 6 months or so um my thyroid levels are 
pretty i'm i'm sure in the next month or two there should be i'm i started with like um so when i first i was diagnosed it was really high i don't even remember what um what dose i was on but then it came to 111 mcg then 100 then 88 and now it's at 50 i'm like so it's like so liberating and um empowering that we have the power in us to heal our body uh it does take a lot of work it does require us to change how we are showing up um find ourselves start loving ourselves and putting ourselves first right absolutely so i'm curious i'm not surprised that you said you had other illnesses show up because that's very very normal because when by the time you hit that level of depletion where you're passing out when you're feeding your child there are just snowballs of storms happening in your body from gut imbalances to mineral imbalances to depletions you know the negative mental looping and all these things that can also feed into the other um sicknesses so what else were you were you going through so this happened much later in um my marriage but towards i would say towards um the end of our marriage but i de- developed this severe pelvic pain and mm-hmm. it would start a few days it would be around the menstrual cycle but it was not menstrual cramping it was like incapacitating pain where for 15 days every single month where i if i cough it hurt if i would sneeze it would hurt it was like you know you know how porcupine millions of porcupine pins just Ooh. you know it was so painful um coughing laughing sneezing like even if i had to change sides at night i had to sit up and so i basically just couldn't no work out obviously because it was so painful um just debilitating pain and yeah. um i just couldn't figure out i went to, to several gynecologists and all i would so every symptom indicated endometriosis Mm, okay. And um so I like checked off every symptom but with laparoscopy they didn't find any endometriosis. So we are again back to square one like what's going on so they wanted to put me on birth control pills. Uh partial hysterectomy. I'm like no. I have a high tolerance for pain so I'm just going to tolerate this pain I guess because I don't want to put my body through you know birth control pills more hormones and you know just take away my half of my uterus um so it's very interesting so the, by this time so it started probably i would say a year or two before i got divorced and it went throughout like for 5 years or so while i was single i was dating but like i said um in 2016 was when i actually started my healing journey um late 2015 2016 and um the more work i did the more i healed the more i mm-hmm. put the focus on me um things started to shift for me and in 2017 i met my now husband mm-hmm. as that was 2017 october and in february of 2018 pain just disappeared like it like magically nothing I'm honestly not surprised and so I just want to ring the system's neck out because everything that they were wanting to prescribe you for help it's just goes back to my 
my theory of like, they just want to maim, medicate, or mutilate women. And you I have to threat. protect yourself. Absolutely. And it's yeah. not healing, it's just suppressing, right? It's not healing. Right. No, people. yeah, none of it reaches <laughs> the root causes. None of it. Yeah. And it just drives me crazy. So it's literally my mission and mission to like save women from this. But, you know, I can't help but think because going back to like the thyroid was protecting you, the thyroid could have been protecting you with your ex-husband's um, abuse and the poor relationship and his pornography addiction. I almost feel like there was some womb trauma and that there was some possible almost like shutdown of that part of your body too out of protection as well. Yes. And you know what? Um, I was at uh, the Joe Dispenza retreat um, yeah. last week. And it's so interesting that you talk about womb shutdown because mm -hmm. um, it's not just, so our first three chakras are uh, connected to our survival, our well-being, the reproductive organs, the uh, our creativity, it's, it's all connected there, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when you suffer from trauma or abuse, all those centers just get imbalanced. Mm -hmm. And now everything connects because, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my sacral was all messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I went through, I went through that as well. My ex-husband being, he had some, he had not some, he was actually a porn addict as well. And he had two affairs on me and really tried to also cram porn down my throat. And I was just so beaten down because these narcissists and these abusive men, that's what they do. They really beat us down and they get their way. And I haven't started, I didn't even know I was holding on to womb trauma from yeah. things I'd been through in 2009 until I started working with and healing with Nicole, who we, uh, our coach, um, yeah healer that we've been working with for the past year or so I've been able to bring some of that up and mm -hmm. I speak to a lot of women who are also holding a lot of womb trauma from abortions and miscarriages and you know abusive sexual relationships and stuff and this is a real thing that women need to realize is could and probably if you've been through this is stored in your body that you have to actually start healing in order and I love that you say you started healing and then boom, it's just gone. It's just gone. And it's, it's me changing my perspective, me opening my heart. And I had a pattern when I was dating. I was attracted to bad boys. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that it, doesn't really heal you, right? No, uh, and that so makes sense why it was still doing it. Right. And when I healed my uh, intimacy fears, I opened up to all kinds of men. I was literally dating everybody. I didn't look at like, oh, this he's not my type. I'm not going to go out with him. Um, all I focused was as long as I'm safe, I'm going to date everybody that shows up. You know, obviously I had some deal breakers and those are important, but I just threw the checklist out and I opened my heart for everyone who was there to treat me with love, respect, and kindness. Mm. And when mm. I did that, and I allowed him to enter my life, 
things just started shifting. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't easy because um, when affection and love is withheld, um, and I would, I would be very curious why this pattern would show up for me. Like these kind men would come into my life and I would get this love and affection, which by the way, my, my, one of my love languages is physical touch and, and the other one is quality time. They're pretty much on the same, this same score. And um, so when I was dating my now husband and I think it was on the third or the fourth date, um, he was being very affectionate and he was holding me and I was like cringing. I'm like, what's what's wrong with him like why is why is he trying to cling so much and hug so much right but i was already working on my journey and i was working with a coach at that time and i processed through that instead of pushing him away this time i'm like i do this every single time i need to do something different if i want something different in my life right uh, so i just worked through that because i realized i had this light bulb aha moment that um my ex would always taunt me that, oh, you want to hug and kiss at every corner. Now tell me who doesn't want to be loved and held, oh. right? So some, somewhere in our marriage, I pushed those emotions down, those that desire to be held and to be hugged and to be cuddled and to be loved. And it felt alien to my body, even though that's my love language. And I love somebody who's affectionate towards me, my body was not, was just like pushing that person, like move, move away. <laughs> it's like danger. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I could see how you would just naturally distance yourself from that if that was the feedback you're getting. Like you were, you're getting made to feel bad for being affectionate. So you're like, oh, you know, and you just suppress, suppress, suppress. Yes. You know, because like you're almost encouraged to or you're rejected and you don't want to be rejected anymore. So you suppress. Yes. And um, it's funny. We're so much alike. Um, I'm the I have pretty much the same love language. Like for me, it's like intimacy and affection mm -hmm. and then like gifts or like, you know, like quality time too. you know, right. like um, um, and um it seems like in abusive relationships, part of this sickness that comes that is brought on is from that the lack of the proper kind of physical touch. Yes. And we're starved and we're neglected and we're abandoned. And so we internalize that and start to hate ourselves and all of we flood ourselves with all of the negative low vibe thoughts and feelings, yes. which in turn just makes us sicker and have more symptoms. It's a yes. vicious cycle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So how long were you actually married to this guy? 22 years. Woo. Wow. It's a long, long, torturous, tumultuous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was with mine for about 20, married for 14. So I understand. Yeah. And it, um, so you actually were able to start healing while you were in the relationship, you said, like towards the end? Uh, of my first marriage? Yeah. No, no. I started okay. healing only, so I got divorced in 2013 and my healing journey 
uh, didn't start until end of 2015, 2016. And um, like I said, the main healing started when I really opened up my heart. Obviously, I started to notice myself more. I started to love myself more. I found who I was. Mm. Because for me, like I felt like my identity never belonged to me. Mm-hmm. Like it belonged to the Indian culture. It belonged to my parents. Then it was my ex-husband and his family, my kids. And um, it was after so many years, I felt like I just get to decide who I am. I get to figure out who I am. My identity just belongs to me, not to anybody else. I love that. That's like, that was my first exact step too. But um I, I remember I was just like, I don't, I, I don't care what I do. I'm going to literally go out. I'm going to try everything. I'm going to play. I'm going to, I started doing handstands, cartwheels, like anything and everything I could to find who I was again. And I would go for bike rides. I'm like, what do I enjoy? Who am I? Yes. And I just was like, ah, I, same thing as like, I was a mom. I was a wife. I was sick. I, you know, I was sick, Sarah, and I, I was gone. Same thing. Like I was just gone. And I, I felt like I was no fun. I felt boring. I, I had no, um, my ex-husband wouldn't let me go to school. Mm -hmm. So I was never able to pursue anything that I loved and health and nutrition were always like my closet hobbies, you know, and Mm -hmm. If I would go buy organic, he would say like, oh, why do you waste our money on that crap? Oh, you know? God. I heard the same thing. Why do you go to Whole Foods to shop? Like, what's the good olive ways? I totally relate to you, Sarah. I know. I'm like, we got some twin stories yeah. going on here. I love this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, um, I, I let him win in a lot of, lot of ways because I was so sick. I couldn't fight my fight and fight the fight against him anymore. And same thing, I lived with his mom and dad for 10 years because we lost everything in the 2008 crash and moved in with his parents. And um, just being in that environment also made me sick and depleted me. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I, I truly can say I, I decided to die. I was like, I'm not going to get out of this. I might as well just allow myself to get sick and die. Mm-hmm. And I just determined to I was 33 (laughs) two kids and I was like I'm gonna die you know because I didn't know what else to do and so that's when my brother actually was suddenly shot and killed okay he was shot by the San Diego Sheriff Department 14 times and killed like I talked to him the night before I woke up he was dead and it was like okay holy shit life is short what am I doing yes and the way I think you could probably say the same thing as like, I just decided to drop a nuclear bomb on my life. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, I think we both always knew that once kid would, kids would go to college, I don't think we would be together. Yes. And, and I was 42 when we got divorced. I'm like, I'm still young. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put myself through 10 more years of or whatever eight more years of this um and actually i do want to share something else too um 
my son was 15 at that time and he was actually the catalyst he gave me the courage to step out um mm -hmm. as moms as parents we tried to stick to a relationship just because oh we're doing this for the kids but mm -hmm. actually toxic tumultuous relationships negatively affect our kids mm -hmm. so he actually gave me the courage and the strength like mom why do you want to put up with this oh i love that so he was the he one was that was like mom wake up like he didn't want to see you suffer anymore yeah yes oh so 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 yeah so that gave me the courage and you know just like waking up like shit what am i doing with my life yeah you know i i don't know what's out there for me but it cannot be worse than what i am living <laughs> and living <Fair> it <laughs> and you know when your kids are telling you encouraging you to leave that it's really bad and you yes. need to listen yes and that's and my daughter would always get scared like if i would even try to have a healthy discussion like um mom please don't say anything because he's just going to get angry why do you want to say anything so mm -hmm. i realized that i am giving the wrong message to my kids i'm telling mm -hmm. my son it's okay for a man to be abusive and disrespectful to his wife and she will stay no matter what and i'm giving my daughter this message that um your husband can be your partner can be abusive and there's no way out for you and you have to live a suppressed life and I was just basically telling her your voice doesn't matter. Yeah. And I had the exact it, same motivation. Yeah, so I I really mm -hmm. just want everything to end here with me. I am really on a mission to end all the karmic happenings like, you know, the disease, the um the lack, the fear. <laughs> Our fear is always going to be there. It's not going to go away. It's um how we navigate it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I love your story so much. Um it's so empowering and I really hope that everyone that listens to this one day hears how important this thread is. The thread that we're both resonating with of we were in a terrible relationship that made us sick. Mm -hmm. And in order to get out, we had to choose us and it wasn't on a selfish level no and that's the very first step that i always tell my clients is you have to find this die hard dedication to love yourself first yes yes and find that self because that self yeah. gets lost somewhere yeah you know we just lose ourselves and then after a while we don't even know who we are so we have to start the journey first to figure out who we are get to know ourselves what we like what turns us yeah. on what you know what we want who who are we right yeah literally like listen to music like you know how many people don't listen to the music they love anymore i'm like yeah. put some music on and jump around yes it feels so good yes 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 Yeah. Yeah. You know, go out with your friends. Yes, yeah. and once you find that self that's lost, then you can just love on you. Turn up the volume on loving yourself. <laughs> yeah. And finding a really good coach to guide you and mm -hmm. to motivate you and support you. I didn't even know about coaches back then. Yes, I didn't. I, yeah. I just 
used my own sheer courage, grit and balls and pulled myself out of it like you. Right. Yeah. I didn't even have family help me. I sold all of my property and I moved across the street into my neighbor's house. And that's where I filed for divorce and started college. <laughs> it was scary as hell. But you know, if you are able to find and hire a coach for support through this, that would be my I, if I could do it again, I would find a coach. Oh, totally, totally. So when mm -hmm. I found my coach in 2015, things started changing for me, but it wasn't easy. I'm like, oh my God, change is so hard. I have to show up differently. Oh my God. And doing things that are not normal to us, or I mean, they're good for us, but that's not how we have been raised and taught. Um, it feels hard. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, like, you know, and you know this, like, the more we stick to it, the more we are coachable, the more we stick to it, uh, life moves forward. Yeah, I wouldn't anything like, I'm so grateful that I invested in coaches and mm -hmm. did the work. It's not just about hiring a coach, it's about doing the work too, which is the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's being willing to change, being, being willing to face yourself and admit things, you know, like a lot of us, when we're in bad relationships, we just turned a, we turn a blind eye. We live in denial. We don't want to see the truth because yeah. it's, we know we have to change and it's scary. And, you know, sometimes even the thought of going through a divorce is really scary. The thought of having to share the kids is really scary. I had all the same fears. Yeah. You know? I filled out all the divorce paperwork myself wrong. I served my ex wrong. I did everything wrong. <laughs> but, you know, in the long run, it worked out. And I was able to eventually get the support I needed. And... <laughs> And not to mention, there was a lot of divine, beautiful, divine intervention that was supporting me. Mm -hmm. And I was choosing to live in gratitude, even literally, even at the point where I was almost homeless. Yeah. And I was crying my eyes out because I didn't know where I was going to live the next day. There was divine intervention that saved me. And divine intervention is so beautiful when we just let the universe just receive, receive. Yep. yep. And just stay strong, you know? Yeah. And um, I know that there's a lot of women that are in similar boats. I have worked with some, I've talked to some. And so do you want to give any final words to any of our thyroid warriors that maybe in you know, a poor relationship or struggling with her health because of similar things that we talked about. Yes. Um, so, you know, like one of the, of all the fears that you mentioned, one of the biggest fear and why we stay in toxic abusive marriages for as long as we do is the fear of the unknown. We don't know what's out there. Our life, even though it's not the best, is known it's familiar we know how we've learned how to navigate that situation right and it feels okay because we don't know what's out there we are fearful of it and we just don't leave and what i want to the message i want to leave him with is that 
there is magic in the unknown <laughs> and it cannot get any worse than what you're living through. So have the courage to love yourself, find yourself and trust the unknown. Okay. And once we show up for ourselves, universe shows up for us. It's just the first step. We don't have to know how you're going to navigate the whole situation. Honestly, when I left my marriage, it wasn't rosy in the beginning. Yes, I took a step out of it. It got better, but it was not where I wanted to be. Right? So it took me a while to get to where I am today. But it was just knowing the first step and then the resources, the teachers, everything showed up. Like, I didn't even know what a relationship coach was. I don't know from where I got this thought after three years of randomly dating unsuccessfully that I Googled love and relationship coach. And I'm like, this is it. I know I'm meant for more. I know I'm meant for a loving relationship. And I know I wanted to get married again at some point. Um, and I went all in. And never look back. <laughs> That's right. Never look back. And I cannot imagine my life without support of a mentor or a coach. Yeah. Seriously. Just a little hand holding, giving that confidence that, yes, you're on the right path. Yes, you're doing the right thing. Because when we do something new, we, we don't have the confidence. We are walking on shaky grounds. And when you have that support of a coach, of a community, of a sisterhood, uh, it just makes it easier. Amen. Yeah. Exactly. So just believe in yourself, trust in yourself, love yourself. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, as you, as you do those things, um, as those were my very first steps. And then um, I started figuring out a lot of my root causes to the symptoms. Mine didn't just magically go away. I had to actually heal imbalances within my body yes. um, that were, I believe, the depletions from the stress. Yes. Um, so I had to not only rebuild my physical body, but I had to rebuild knowing who I was, mm -hmm. loving myself, giving myself permission to yeah. put myself first and not feel bad about it. And then a lot of other things just started falling into place and I was able to slowly, effectively reverse all 25 of my symptoms. So I think between Sony's story, my story, it, it proves that you're not just genetically screwed. <laughs> you're not, yeah. you're, even though your mom said she had hypo, look at how well you're doing, you know? So it, it it does really come down to healing all eight dimensions of your health. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. And I'm so grateful for you letting me share my story. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. I mean, wow, seriously, wasn't that amazing? There was just so much, so much she had to say and so much that I did say and was 
trying to hold back from saying on how toxic bad relationships are to our health. If you guys find yourself in a bad relationship and this really resonated with you and you need someone to talk to, please reach out to me or Sony. We're here from you. If you're interested in getting some help or guidance or coaching out of your situation, we'd love to support you. There's nothing that makes me more happier than a woman stepping up, owning herself, taking charge of her life and pursuing what she wants. Thank you guys so much for being here and for listening. As always, please subscribe. (laughs) Make sure you subscribe and like this if it allows you to like it and leave a comment or review. And sometimes if I'm feeling really frisky, I'll leave some um, polls and questions at the bottom of, I know Spotify has it. I haven't checked on Apple yet, but I will do that answer my questions or my polls. They're fun. And I try to um, make it very interactive and fun for us, you guys. And if you know anyone who is in a bad relationship, has health problems, go ahead and send this to her and make sure you write with love because we're always sharing with love and we're always looking out for our besties and our family out of love. So again, thank you guys so much for being here and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.